1: Welcome to Timeline Tapes. I'm Nate Fisher, and this is the podcast from the World History YouTube channel Timeline. This show takes documentaries from our channel, which is filled with great films and series that not everyone has the time to watch, and turns them into podcasts instead. This is the second in a two-part episode called Hitler of the Andes, which explores the mysterious sightings of Hitler from around the world following the announcement of his suicide. If you missed the first part, just check back in our feed and catch up. So far, we've learned about why people didn't believe Hitler was truly dead and how his body may have never actually been discovered. Our voice for this show is Peter Davison, who is joined by a variety of experts and researchers in the field. And we'll begin by jumping into hearing about some of the hysterical sightings that had to be investigated by the FBI.
3: All these lonely people uh, all across America would write Hoover letters from their lonely rooms saying that uh, they felt they saw someone who looked like Hitler in a cafe they frequented, or uh, they they passed someone in the street who looked like Hitler.
4: The FBI received thousands of tip-offs from across the United States, all claiming to offer invaluable information as to the whereabouts of Hitler.
5: I I remember one in there, it it seemed that, that that a woman said that she had She had seen Hitler on a uh, subway stop in the Bronx, as I think, I recall. The FBI tip-offs ranged from full-blown accounts,
4: including descriptions of height and weight, to simple one-line teasers offering no more than, if you want to know where Hitler is, then call this number.
6: Dear
7: sir, I'll bet a dollar to a donut that Hitler is located right in New York City. There's no other city in the world where he could so easily be absorbed.
6: He has spent the past winter bussing dishes. Is it possible that this is none other than Adolf Dear Hitler sir. of
7: Germany? I've read in the papers about you hunting Hitler. Maybe you will laugh like my family at me, but I thought I saw him at the Adolf Subadlo Hitler, Road.
4: A German Führer, owns 8,960 acres of land in Colorado.
5: In many cases, uh, these people are psychotic or they have other type of uh, medical difficulties. Uh, In some cases, uh, they're they're people who are hostile to other people and report these things falsely. Some people, they have just a desire to uh, associate themselves with something that's prominent.
6: It is to be noticed that at the time of the interview, the interviewee would interrupt the interviewer and play the violin.
5: You can waste a lot of time and effort there on money. But then again, you have to be careful that uh, you don't overlook something that might be serious. At the height of the Hitler
4: hysteria, every bureau across the United States received sightings of Hitler somewhere in America. With the mystery still mushrooming out from Berlin, the FBI investigations grew to 1,000 agents working on these reports at any one time. They generated over 1,200 separate FBI documents and reports on Hitler's escape.
3: So much is crossed out. So you have, you know, Black Block said at Black Block that Hitler, Black Block, you know, uh, and it adds a layer of mystery that doesn't exist if if the stupid FBI censors had just, you know, allowed us to read the original reports.
4: People even sent in handy hints from the press on how Hitler might have altered his appearance. The most enthusiastic Hitler hunter of them all was the police gazette. Few news counters and barbershops failed to provide their customers with this sensational sheet, in which hardly a week passed without the latest scoop on where Hitler had been sighted.
5: All these reports had to be noted by the FBI as well. Usually the articles didn't have any specifics. They just gave a, a statement that it was quite possible that Hitler might be uh, somewhere, uh, but that that doesn't give you much to go on. There's a chicken and egg problem with the uh, the police gazette
3: accounts. You know, you don't know which came first: the accounts in the police gazette, which then had the police gazette readers seeing Hitler in every you know, roadhouse and cafe, or whether people in roadhouse and cafes wrote Hoover and uh, it began to spread and then it entered into the police gazette and, you know, it it became a self-perpetuating phenomenon.
4: While the FBI chased phantoms in the United States, the Soviet Union sat on any evidence that might settle Hitler's fate one way or the other. There was one bit of evidence that could have sewn things up once and for all, the body that was found in Berlin. But the Soviets never looked at it again after the first autopsy of 1945. In fact, Hitler's remains, if they were Hitler's remains, were treated by the Russians with staggering neglect.
2: We
7: buried the body secretly when no one was around in a little wood.
3: We put a secret
7: guard there because the bodies were not buried very deeply. And even dogs could dig them up, but that was never officially reported.
4: Soviet intelligence continued to confuse the West by arguing
6: that Hitler might be alive. Smash and KGB did their best to prove that Hitler hadn't killed himself, but had somehow vanished and that marked the start of a mysterious operation called Operation Myth. Nobody knows whether Stalin really believed
4: it or whether it was just a Cold War ruse, but Operation Myth was the cornerstone of Stalin's claim that Hitler had escaped and was being looked after by Western fascists.
2: In Spain was General Franco, in Argentine was uh, uh, Colonel Perón. And these, from Stalin's point of view, were both uh, semi-Nazi reactionary dictatorships uh, who supported the Germans. And uh, therefore, that is where uh, he would have gone.
4: Stalin's belief was not completely unreasonable. Even before 1945, Argentina had a large German population. Hitler wouldn't be the first German to escape to South America after the war, and certainly not the first Nazi.
5: I found
3: 300 confirmed war criminals who escaped to Argentina. Now, these are people with court cases that have had court cases opened against them in Europe. Now, if you extend that to the amount of SS officers or persons who are suspected of having committed war crimes but did not have cases open against them, that number would probably rise to thousands. Alongside
4: all the crazy theories and Hitler sightings inside the United States, a more persistent notion of Hitler's fate took hold. The basic scenario of of his survival was that a double had died in his place in Berlin, and he and Eva Braun had managed to escape to Norway
3: and they're taking a U-boat, a submarine, to Latin America.
4: This scenario took the FBI into one of its most remarkable inquiries. One of the reports that fueled their suspicion concerned the voyage of U-977. We
2: left Norway on the 7th, 6th or 7th of May. After we, we left Norway, we we practically became a phantom boat all the way around north of scotland past ireland past france and biscay they were looking for us and searching for us and all we could do was listen on the listening upright to hear if there was anybody above us or near us
4: this was a voyage that most people had thought physically impossible
2: the clothes we were wearing got damp and had mold on it, our, our bunks were damp. Uh, we couldn't shave, of course. You never shave on a submarine. Our teeth became loose through lack of fresh food and things like that. We felt dirty and we felt we became more and more miserable.
4: U-977 made it to the coast of Argentina on August the 17th, 1945 the crew was immediately taken prisoner and accused of hiding
5: Hitler on board. Those U-boats uh, came and surrendered to Argentina. The press re- reports there indicated that somebody in either Montevideo or in Argentina suggested that Hitler had been on those boats. And I think that that caused a number of people say, well, we have to look into that possibility. More reports
4: of U-boat landings came into the FBI over the next couple of weeks.
6: September the 21st, 1945, reports of Hitler hideouts, Los Angeles' letter to Bureau. The first sub came close to shore about 11 p.m. after it had been signaled safe to land, and a doctor and several men disembarked and Hitler and two women. Another doctor and seven more men said Hitler had suffered from asthma and ulcers, had shaved off his mustache, and had a long butt on his upper lip.
4: Argentina's Navy tried to capture the U-boats, but the huge coastline made it easy for
6: escaping Nazis to get ashore. They'd arrive at a farm, lost in the immense desolation of Patagonia, and once there, unload all that could be unloaded, people, personal belongings, useful bits off the U-boats. Those areas weren't patrolled, and the farms had land on the coast. And besides, at that time, Those were German-owned farms. The question that remains is, who came in the U-boats? Why plan these U-boat trips?
4: The FBI took this question extremely seriously. The combination of submarines and so many Nazis already in Argentina was enough to make the possibility of Hitler hiding out in the wilderness a genuine concern.
1: Welcome back to Timeline Tapes, where we're exploring the FBI's Argentina investigation.
4: To investigate the matter further, the FBI set up an operation behind the walls of the American Embassy in Buenos Aires.
5: I guess there are other places in the world uh, where, where you could go, and it would depend upon how he escaped and what where, where would be a logical place for, for concealment. But I'd say Argentina would not be a bad place to live. I can can vouch for that.
4: John Walsh found himself working under very odd conditions. The FBI's power of interrogation was restricted. Their agents had to operate covertly. They had difficulty establishing the crucial network of informants on the ground. They were also limited by the fact that the G-men were very conspicuous.
5: While we were there in Argentina, that uh, those of us who were in the embassy, in the consulate, uh, we did come under surveillance by the local police. And uh, I know a number of times that where I was out with other agents, and we would see people there who were obviously watching us. and They would be behind a newspaper, and uh, every once in a while they'd drop the newspaper to look at us. And I recall the person who was with me said, well, you know, They look just like us, but they all have mustaches. (laughs) As
4: information began making its way into the Argentine Bureau, the G-men were soon able to piece together a pattern of Hitler's possible movements based on reports of local sightings. Information from outside Argentina was relayed from Washington to Buenos Aires by the FBI radiogram system. All messages received were subject to further investigation by the team of G-men
6: on the ground. Discovered two sets of footprints leading in one direction only from high water mark, then across mudflats to shore proper near San Julian. At point where footprints ended, tire marks found, indicating car had turned at right angles to shore. Inquiries continuing.
4: In another report, Hitler was seen moving quickly inland, heading across the Argentine Pampas towards the Southern Andes. The path was leading to a German-owned hotel in a remote region of Cordoba. Could this be Hitler's mountain hideaway? In late 1945, six months after the end of the war, the FBI thought it might be about to make the arrest of the century the Bureau had received reports linking Adolf Hitler to the Eden Hotel in La Falda, Argentina. Nestled in the splendor of the foothills of the Andes, the Eden Hotel was the centerpiece of a long-established wealthy German community.
2: It was beautiful.
4: It is sad to see how it is now. This was an international hotel, a hotel that had everything, all that a guest needed, comfort, service, orchestras at midnight. Aristocrats from Cordoba and Buenos Aires came to the parties. The dancing would last until the early hours of the morning. Since the 1930s, the Eden had been a paradise for its predominantly German clientele. The hotel was owned by Ida Eichhorn, a wealthy German socialite, whose connections in Germany reached the highest echelons of power. I know she often went to Europe. It was said she went to get more clients. The cream of Europe came here.
2: The cream of Europe came here.
4: It was Eichhorn's European connections that first brought her to the attention of the FBI. A dossier compiled on her at the end of 1945 revealed disturbingly close links to the German Reich.
6: Even before the Nazis came into power, she placed immediately by cable her entire bank account, amounting to 30,000 marks at Goebbels' disposal.
4: Most compelling of all, the FBI discovered from European sources that she had over the years become one of Hitler's closest friends and confidants. The area surrounding the hotel was populated by Germans. Amongst them were believed to be a number of Nazi sympathizers. The trouble was, it was difficult for the G-men to go to La in person without blowing their cover.
5: We personally did not do surveillance work there. We would have sources that were outside the, uh, the embassy that would do that. You just can't walk in and say, uh, you know, uh, that you're you looking for something. Uh, you have to develop a, a rapport where, uh, and, and have some, some area of interest with the people that are, are going to help you on that. A 17-year-old girl working as
4: a maid at the Eden Hotel at the time is today still clearly able to recall her years of service and the people she worked for.
7: Everybody around here thought the icons were Nazis. Even after they died, people always referred to them as Nazis. There were a lot of his belongings in the house. There are letters which have been given to the authorities in Cordoba. There were a lot of photographs of him around the house.
4: According to the FBI, if Hitler had come to Argentina, this would be his natural destination.
6: If the Fuhrer should at any time get into difficulties, he could always find a safe retreat at La Falda, where they'd already made the necessary preparations.
4: Catalina Gomero confirms all the FBI's fears and suspicions. After the fall of Berlin, after the British investigation into Hitler's death, after two Soviet investigations, Catalina says Adolf Hitler came to the Eden Hotel in 1948.
7: After the war, he stayed in the house. At that time, they weren't working in the hotel anymore.
4: There is no doubt in Catalina's mind that she remembers Hitler's visit.
8: He
7: arrived one night. The
4: driver must have brought him. He was put up on the third floor. Catalina even recalls what Hitler ate. We were told to take his breakfast upstairs and
7: leave it at the door, to knock at the door and leave the tray on the floor. He ate very well, the trays were always empty. Most of the meals were German, cheese souffles and others, meals of German origin, all German recipes.
4: According to Catalina, the Hitler of the Andes was clearly recognizable as the Hitler of so many people's imagination, even though he'd lost his mustache.
8: He
7: must have shaved it off, but he had a wig, definitely a wig, not hair. He might have had a little hair, but he did wear a wig. There were usually people in the house all day, but for those three days, the third floor was private. Downstairs, everything was normal.
8: (laughs) Mrs.
7: Eder told me, whatever you saw, pretend you didn't. One of the drivers and I used to joke, I saw nothing and you saw nothing. It was as if it had never happened. It was kept very, very secret. But now, after so many years, I don't care anymore. If they don't want to believe me, they don't have to. What else can I say? I just saw what I saw.
4: Like all the best mysteries, Catalina's story has an enigmatic ending.
7: Two weeks later, Mrs. Eda said we were going to go to Pan up in the mountains. We took food, and in a wooden house, there he was. From what I overheard from their phone calls, he went to La Rioja, and then he vanished.
4: If the man Catalina saw was Hitler, the FBI certainly failed to get him. Yet the events that she describes took place when senior Nazis, Men like Adolf Eichmann and Joseph Mengele were arriving in South America, and it wasn't until at least the mid-1970s that American intelligence officers
5: closed their files on Hitler. The information that we got, much of it was not credible. Others, where there was a possibility of some credibility, we took made inquiries, but in none of them we found any any true indication that Hitler was actually in Argentina or in the United States or in any place that. The, where we had any responsibility. All the investigations that we made then came to a dead end because there was nothing really specific had been found.
4: There aren't many people today who still think Hitler made it to Argentina. The KGB claims to have flushed Hitler's corpse into a Magdeburg River in April 1970. The Soviet files on Operation Myth were finally made public in the 1990s revealing that Stalin had deliberately confused and misinformed the West about Hitler's fate. Even though the official search for Hitler has ended, his phantom continues to be relentlessly pursued. Fantasists who have for years hung on to every word published in the police gazette, still follow him from the foothills of the Andes to Antarctica. There, they say, he awaits a flying saucer to take him to conquer another world, in another universe.
3: The myth of Hitler's physical survival is really about the survival of a unique kind of evil embodied in Hitler, about the survival of the mystery of Hitler, the fact that in some way he escaped explanation. The remarkable
4: story of Hitler's life after death is a clear warning of what can happen when a dictator melts away. The world wanted a clear sign that the cataclysm of World War II had ended. But Hitler's death went missing, and the fate of the last century's most terrible dictator took over
1: 50 years to sort out. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. Next week we're looking at something completely different. Over three episodes we'll be exploring the history of the Spartans. But if you can't wait to learn more, you can head over to our YouTube channel, where there's hundreds more documentaries to watch. If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating and write a short review as well. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together.